life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Everybody, welcome to the Gin Lounge. I'm John Breeden, your host for this episode of our show, and the Chief Lounge Lizard. The topic for today is going to be PC games. Are they dead? Are they dying? Or are they thriving? Now, this whole topic about PC games and if they're dead or alive or where the market's going has been brought up several times, but it's been brought to a head recently because of a study that was written unbelievably so by a 14-year-old who was working at Morgan Stanley. Uh, I guess uh, Morgan Stanley has a lot of that government stimulus money. They can hire 14-year-olds to write uh, research reports for them. But it was brought to my attention by uh, by Shella. So we obviously we have Shella in the lounge talking about this. And we also have uh, Todd and Kelly, both of whom have expressed some concerns over the state of PC gaming. And, of course, we have our old standby, Mr. Nate Woolley, who will give the business perspective and let us know exactly where the PC market stands. So I want to start uh, – so actually, welcome to the lounge, everybody. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thanks a lot. It's good to be Thank here. you, John. Excellent. So uh, I want to start with, with Shella because you brought this report to my attention, and after I – Picked myself off off the floor after realizing that a fourteen uh, year old kid was wrote the thing. Uh, I decided to read it, and it, it brings up some interesting points. But I don't I don't want to steal your thunder, uh, Shella, especially since this kid is uh, apparently British. So uh, so let us know uh, what is this report all about? Um, well, basically, he's fifteen, not fourteen. It makes all the difference that extra year. Um, and he apparently he's an intern for Morgan and Stanley. Um, how he's managed that, the mind only boggles. Um, and he uh, he's written a, what's called a research note. I'm not sure what one of those is. And he's described um, his friend's media habits. And apparently it's sent the world of business into a whirlwind and a vortex of, I don't know, excitement and everything <laughs> um apparently um it generated five or six times more responses than the media team's usual re- research papers so I'm not sure which that says more about <laughs> um and he makes lots of grand sweeping statements about various things um teenagers don't read newspapers um Apparently, the number of teenagers watching soap operas is shrinking. I'm not sure how he found that out, but there we go. Um, Twitter is too expensive for teenagers. Uh, They don't like online advertising. Um, What else did he come up with? And yeah, PC gaming, I suppose most crucial to us is that PC gaming has little or no place in the teen market whatsoever. So that was pretty damning, really. And uh, in this report, oh, the kid's name, by the way, is uh, Matthew Robson, um, which I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm guessing that there's also a president of uh, of uh, Morgan Stanley somewhere with the same name. Oh, stop, 
Just just because you had to start out in Calvert County <laughs> doesn't mean everybody does. Okay, that that little comment's getting edited out in the final version. <laughs> nobody, nobody will know my history down in Calvert County. <laughs> which, uh, which showed up again in Fallout 3 in Point Lookout, actually. I was I was happy to visit the old homestead down there in St. Mary's County in Calvert County. So that was and blow it up. <laughs> and blow it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but anyway, the uh, – the the kid the one thing that and Shella correct me if I'm wrong but the one thing I didn't see any references I mean the kid makes a lot of claims no. like he says forty yeah. percent uh, of of kids own an Xbox and fifty percent own a Wii and only ten percent own a PS3 yeah. but he doesn't give his sample size or anything right no he doesn't he, he's just made it up really <laughs> he's just like made a wire, he made a sort of educated guess and good on him for that but yeah i could have done that <laughs> yeah it wouldn't have he's a 15 year old intern at morgan stanley but needs no yeah. figures or i guess they just totally threw out the numbers of it so like i said it it, it yeah. reminds me like but, if, if that works there was it a take your kid to work day and he just got left behind to, you know some push the paper? <laughs> they're like oh do up a report he's like oh Crap! My dog ate my homework. So let me throw together this BS and you know, throw it at you. Yeah, it's almost yeah. it's almost like that Home Alone movie, except for he got stuck in the office. <laughs> he's writing up. He's writing reports. Hey, and- I mean, I, I I want to inject here for a second. Um, I mean, I I can see easily how this sort of thing happens, and this kid gets written, mm-hmm. gets to write this piece. Um, mm-hmm. But it strikes me as one more – look, the kid's an intern at – and I know nothing about the kid except his name, and he's apparently English, and he's supposedly an intern at Morgan Stanley. Mm. That's great. But that tells me certain demographic facts about the guy, and he's going to be a little self-obsessed because he's a teenage boy, <laughs> and he's going to consider his opinions to be gold because he's a teenage boy, and I was a teenage boy. Yeah, I, rem- but- I remember reading a piece in the Washington Post – God, 10 or 15 years ago, early 90s, on the trend amongst teenagers, boys and girls in Washington, to suck their thumbs, to suck on pacifiers, you know, that sort of thing. And the kids were saying, well, of course we have to. You know, we're a little regression because no generation's ever been under the same pressure that we have. And that's just, you know, navel-gazing by teenagers and what this kid is doing is sort of the techno upper class version of dressing in black and shopping at Hot Topic. <laughs> yeah, but the most interesting thing is the response from the adults who are running this company or running the media team, which is, and I quote, he said it was one of the clearest and most thought provoking insights we have seen. So we published it. <laughs> and, and that's why you have people called flags. <laughs> <laughs> You could get a public relations person to go out there and tell you the sky rose blue or, or green or something today. You know, you, <laughs> you know, wet is dry and black is white. That's what PR people are there for. And not that I don't love them because they send us a lot of free games. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what this is is the kid wrote something, or maybe he didn't. We never know. Or maybe he just spouted off and somebody turned it into an essay. But yeah. at the same point, what we've got is a kid spouting off on a bunch of unfacted stuff, uh, you know, basically looking around at his friends and probably, if he wrote it, giving his honest assessment. Yeah. But at the same yeah, time, sure he's, he giving an, he's giving an honest assessment from a 15-year-old's perspective. And you'll pardon me, unless you're, you know, Michelangelo or, or Mozart or something, 
I am not in any way required to respect the assessment abilities of a 15-year-old. Well, and I think as far as the popularity, Shella, uh, Morgan Stanley is a rather conservative company. Most of their media – what do they call them? Media crib notes or something that they write? Um, research Research notes. notes are probably really boring. They're probably mm-hmm. well researched and they probably tell you a bunch of common sense stuff. You know, people own computers, you know, that type of crap. Yeah. So this kid writes something radical and so of course it's gonna make <laughs> I mean because it's radical, you know. Well, well I let, suppose let, that's why it generated five or six times more interest wait. than usual. <laughs> yeah. Here we are Remember? have we ever done a show on another Morgan Stanley crib uh, you know, note thing, research yeah. note? Of course not. <laughs> no, and in a de- in a downtime for brokers, Morgan Stanley is suddenly out there and related to you. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, so I mean, I mean so I mean, it's, it, it, it's it? you know, it's a win, and you know, and we're talking a, a about touchdown it, so. dance. Yeah, it's a big win for Morgan Stanley, and the kid gets a little pub, and he probably gets smacked on the ass by his friends in school, and yeah. you know, everybody's happy. <laughs> Except us, that we we have to discuss a 15-year-old's opinion. Well, okay, yeah. not to crack the whip to get us back on topic. Not that I ever do that. But you start to, you start the, the point was, the one thing that he brought up that was interesting is, in no, in not by directly saying it, but he did sort of hint that basically teenagers don't play the, play PCs. They play consoles. And he has all those percentages to back this up and, and so forth. So I just wanted to get into the PC market because a lot of people do say that the PC game PC gaming is on the way out or is dead or is doomed. I get emails from from fans that, that read GameIndustry.com that tell me, you know, why are you still reviewing PC games? Nobody plays them anymore. And I, I don't think that's a majority of people, but I wanted to assess the market and so i wanted to talk to todd because todd you've been fairly vocal on this topic yourself i know that you were at one time a pc gamer and you got really frustrated with it so so what what is it about pc gaming that um that turns you off to it it's it's not the i'm sure it's not the game quality it's more or less your frustrations with with the hardware and and to some extent the copy protections right yeah, exactly. I mean, the first factor for me is primarily money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've written this uh, not just on Jim, but on other publications. Um, remember, I had an argument with Rob Smolka from PC Gamer over this matter, mm-hmm. and I told him, and I quote, "Not everyone can afford two thousand, three thousand dollars at the time to buy a state-of-the-art system from Alienware." Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not, it's not just getting a system from Alienware. It's if you try to upgrade your own every year. I had. I'd spent about three hundred to five hundred dollars to get a new graphics card, more memory, bigger hard drive space, and after I got that done, the next step came with having to deal with all these driver conflicts I've been getting. Right. Well, especially when you're adding you're adding components to your system that didn't come with the system, you you, you run into that type type of thing. That's true. And I know. Exactly. I mean, I'm a PC gamer primarily, and I, I I run into frustrations not not at that level, but like you know, I'll put in I'll put in Fallout Three, and I'll have to play it at medium level graphics because my hardware can't handle the super high end, and you know, I I miss seeing the reflection of my face in the water and stuff like that. That's that's true. I I could see that. And then yeah, but my opinion is just trying to get the darn thing to run. Right, right. I see. I mean, the way I am with consoles, with the Obvious exception of MLB 2K6, I've never had a problem. The game ran fine out of the box without needing a patch. Yeah, that's the, it's the sort of plug-and-play element of consoles that's going to win for me every time. I just want to be able to, like, play the damn thing. 
Uh, great. I don't want to spend hours trying to calibrate everything, going through the INI yeah. files and through like all the options. And updating my graphics card and making sure I've got DirectX 36 3 <laughs> And it's like, just play it. I could, I could <laughs> and I want to sit on my sofa. <laughs> I don't want to sit at my desk. I've been sitting there all day. God, we've come a long way from the time when... Uh, I used to really enjoy going, now, how am I going to get this to load in upper memory? I've only got six. Oh, oh yeah. Days. Or you had, to configure, <laughs> you had to configure your BIOS to EMS or XMS memory, depending mm-hmm. on what kind of game you were playing. So I, Now, I I am the oldest of us, but I really got a charge out of that back in you know, early <laughs> uh, 20s. I hated messing with config sys. I, I did, too, actually. I, I mean, no, uh, I, I'm, I agree, I'm agreeing with Nate. I, I love getting in there and being like, look at me. I reconfigured my system to play the new Star Wars game. <laughs> yeah. And if anybody finds this too difficult, they can just edit command com. It's so easy. <laughs> just pull it up as a text file and change your drivers. I had I had one memory configuration and then another one, and I would just rem out the one that I didn't need at the time and switch them off as needed. How hard is that? I I had my uh, my load files set up that when I booted up, I could choose one to five depending on how I wanted the memory slots. To run. Oh, clever. Very clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was proud of that one. Okay. Yeah, and I'm sure back then you'd, you'd also remember the days when you had to deal with copy protection. You had to pull out the manual, go to page 16, paragraph <laughs> two, uh-huh. wor- line three, word two, character six, and type what was, what was left. Oh, I'll, right. go, I'll go one better. Some of the games had the, the, the code wheels, and you had to oh, dial yeah. in the code and get the secret word, or you couldn't play. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, oh, was it, what was it the old uh, MicroPro stuff had? Like Covert Action by Sid Meier had a, uh, yeah. here's, here's a picture. Which covert agency does this person leave? <laughs> yeah. I'm a Red Storm Rising. I had to identify each ship. Right, right. Although yeah. that, those I, were fair – at the time, those copy protection schemes were fairly easy to hack too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, much easier than what we're going through now. Well, Todd, one, one of the other things you have a problem with is, is the copy protection on games. I know you're not a pirate or anything, but um, you uh, run into problems with being the legal owner of a game on the PC and not being able to play it. Right. What happened in the days where you just had to have the disk in the actual disk, not a pirated copy, in your system, and it would run? I mean, both the PS3 and uh, 360 do that now that they have hard hard drive installations. I shudder to think of the day that they're going to add Securom technology onto each console mm. and have, be able to install the game and tell me, oh, you have an extra disk drive or DVD drive in your system. You're using Demon Tools. We won't let you play this game because we think you're going to copy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anticipating bad behavior, mm. like something out of a yeah, Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> yeah. Or limiting you to, what, two to three installations. I have two computers. Grand, one is a Mac, but I, I still run Windows on it. What if I want to play a certain game on my Mac and then on my laptop? Then I decide I'm going to buy me a faster, more powerful laptop. I put the disc in. Securon will say, "Please insert the original disc, or you're um, you're using an emulator. Uh, please remove these files." Yeah, I can I could see it's, that. What's the use in doing that? I mean, it just gets more frustration. I'll take a copy of um, I'll take a copy of Bioshock, and I'll just I'd rather play it on my Xbox 360. That's true, and I think I think Todd, to a point, there is a lot of people that are feeling the same way, and there seems to be a backlash against. The copy protection schemes, and I, I, I well know why the copy protection is needed, but 
I think that there are some publishers, like I was mentioning earlier uh, before the show, Asper Media. They are – all their games, they've taken all the copy protection off their games because – well, like we were talking about Bioshock. If you go to Amazon.com and you look up – I think everyone here will agree that Bioshock is a five or at least a four and a half gin gem game. It's a great game. Everybody who plays it loves it. But its rating on Amazon is probably pretty low because as soon as people see that Securum on there, they will go in and they will give it one and zero ratings because of that. And and I think publishers at some point have to take note of that and change their uh, change the way that they do copy protection. I think even, at the moment even, it's a guilty until proven innocent, isn't <laughs> it? Basically. Yeah, but but what that really requires is a change in the entire business model available. You know, we both know, frankly, this kid who writes it knows, although he's got a logical fallacy big enough to throw a bus through in here, <laughs> that if you release a game with no protection, bang, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll sell 20% of what you would with uh, protection. And that's what, what about- this really comes down to. They're moving more copies with, uh, you know, high-end security than they would without. And that's the that's the sole thing there even with the complaints it's not like bioshock didn't move copies and make money mm-hmm. but then explain to me i hate to bring this game back to mind but why are t- copies of spore becoming the most pirated copy copied game in 2008 it's because of the Securon technology yeah they're yeah. actually going online and cracking the software rather than purchasing it having to reactivate the game every 10 days and being limited to, at the time, three installations. Yes, it eventually got moved to five installations, but that's still too too little for most people, and it has become the subject of a class action lawsuit. There are 3,000 posts currently on Amazon.com. For I mean, you, you, you can get 3,000 posts in a day. If yeah, I, I know we got the fanboys. Uh, come on. The real, the real issue here is what we're discussing is, is the impact of piracy on the business model for PC gaming. And people talk about is the PC over like, like you brought. Well, it's not. You know what? I'm, I'm sitting in my office here at the Gin headquarters. I have three on my desk. One that runs the accounting, one that I use for work in my laptop, the one I play Plants vs. Zombies on. Um, <laughs> but the real issue here is PCs aren't going away. Neither are PC games. They're just migrating to something else. I mean, the simple fact is you can get a better gaming experience on a PC than you can on any except the very most up-to-date, just-released console because consoles go through, what, a three- or four-year generation cycle? Mm -hmm. By the time uh, a console is ready, you know, by the time the PS4 is out, there will be eight generations of PC technology out there moving things forward and making it... uh, you know, a better experience. So what you're and then during that generation, how many times are you gonna have to upgrade that PC? Well, that's what a, that's what a generation is, Todd. Come on, get with the program. I up, I, I am up. getting with the program. Some of us cannot afford it. Yeah, well, sorry. Have a better life. <laughs> I um, wish I did have a better life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, break it up, you two. Okay, good, good. Kelly, wait, Kelly, wait. gentle. Wait, Nate. I'm, I'm never gonna do this again. But Nate, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you'll remember. You'll, I'll remember this on page. Right, you can kill me later. <laughs> gentle, 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 Kelly. <laughs> I brought you in because you are new to PC gaming. I, I know you've been playing some of the, some of the some of the PC games that I sent you, the vampire game, and some of the games that you like. 
What are your experiences with PC gaming versus the console gaming? I'd like I'd like to hear your opinion. And I guess since Todd's fighting Nate, Shella will have to fight Kelly. But but let's let Kelly give her opinion first. Oh, <laughs> uh, I I just got into a bit more. I've dabbled in a little bit and stuff with the Mac and things, but. I recently got back into it. It's called getting early retirement at 30. That'll do it to you. But, <laughs> but like certain games like Hellgate and uh, The Witcher that aren't available on console, hopefully Witcher will be soon. But even games that are available on console, like when I went to go, I wanted Wally. Now, did I want to go and drop the amount of money for the 360 version mm. when the PC version was less than $20? No. I bought the PC version. I installed and played it, and then I passed it on to my seven-year-old niece, who's now rocking it on the laptop. <laughs> <laughs> well, that actually brings up a point, um, Todd. Uh, the, the Are some of the costs that you are um, you know, rallying against um, – Counterbalanced by the fact that the PC games cost less, where the console games are like sixty bucks or so. Well, not always. I mean, like I said, it depends mm. on first of all if you get the game to run, uh, if you have the right <laughs> right hardware for well, it. I think you could probably run Wally. I mean, I don't know if that was oh, yeah. super high end. Well, so uh, I didn't well, have to always. turn down crap on it. Right, right. You just that's literally you install. I mean, it, that's the that's done. the other problem I have is if I get a PC title and I look through the requirements, it looks like I'd be able to run. Yeah, that's, would I that's be able to return really it to GameStop? Mm, right, right. Because if it's if it's opened, it they will only replace it for the same item. Mm. You're Didn't screwed. You, the, you have not learned it, honey. I'm telling you, I'm going to have to school him on this. You have it. You get it for the same unopened new item. Then you take that. Then you wait a couple of weeks, and you take that back to the store as an unopened new item, and you get it returned for it. See, Kel- <laughs> Kelly is our resident I've criminal. Done that return. <laughs> I've done that return night before. I remember they told me they could not accept it. <laughs> You're a dude. That's why. <laughs> Kelly is also a resident flirt, apparently. <laughs> you need to slash your ankle, Tom. <laughs> um, Nate, on the on the PC side, I think I think all all good points. But you, even though you are a big advocate of PC gaming, you're not completely satisfied with everything on the PC, right? Oh, no, I'm not. I certainly think Todd's got a good point in that it can be very expensive to stay on the cutting edge. And the fact that PC technology moves so fast leads to sloppy development on the part of a lot of uh, a lot of developers mm-hmm. where they could develop for a lesser card and even come up with a very good product. There's pressure from them and, frankly, from the game-buying public, you know, the 13- and 14-year-old boys, to come up to use every single bit not according power. to Morgan Stanley. <laughs> yeah, well, the ki- the kid's an idiot. Let's face it. Yeah. Um, let, let me let I have to, I have to bring this up. I'm sorry. I'm reading this thing while we're doing it again. I'm reading this thing over and over, and he keeps saying, you know, you know, they don't have money for newspapers. They don't have money for new cell phones. Kids are poor. Kids are poor. Kids are poor. And then he says, but they don't play PC games because games can be ripped off for free. (laughs) I mean, sorry, but you just said we don't have any money, so we have to do all this stuff. But boy, we sure won't play games we can get for free. I think he's covering his ass, honestly. (laughs) He's not 
not going to tell it. If you're broke and you're poor and stuff and you're financially strapped, but you've got the hardware to run it, I bet your bottom dollar. If you've got that internet connection, you are on one of the torrent sites. And Kelly is not speaking from experience. Disclaimer there. (laughs) (laughs) Let let me say, as as I said, the the fact that the the technology moves so fast can be a plus, but it's also a minus because it is a royal pain in the ass to keep up, and it is expensive. But at the same time, you know, everything's expensive these days. I understand the whole console thing, but, you know, I have a Wii because it was cheap and I have two small children. I also have an original Xbox that's kicking around someplace in the attic. Um, you know, and basically because I'm a working man, I'm a middle-aged working man, I live on my laptop and I play games there. And I did want to bring up uh, on the state of the PC uh, gaming, I think that two things will keep the PC game uh, relevant and, in fact, exploding in popularity for some time. And I think that's MMOs. I mean, World of Warcraft contributes millions of players just on its own. Yeah. Uh, and I think until consoles are able to do that, I don't think I don't think that the PCs are any – Danger of dying. And then also, as Nate mentioned, like casual gaming, because the market really isn't set up for casual gaming on the, on the console. You're not going to be able to put out a little game for 10 bucks and get it into the store and have people buy it so that they can play it on their, on their PlayStation 3. And I think that that's... No, if they, if they do that, it would just be via Xbox Live Arcade or on PSN. Well, that's true. I guess yeah. there is some, there is some casual gaming there. I, I forgot about that. But, yeah, PopCap does have a big they, presence on, on 360. <laughs> But don't forget the sort of the the main market for casual games on the casual gaming on the PC isn't going to be the same market that's on Xbox Live Arcade. Well, that's true, and I think Todd's a perfect example of that. I mean, Todd, you you don't do a whole lot of casual gaming, do you? I'm not sure surprised I do. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's mainly on the piece on the um, Xbox Live Arcade. Oh, that's correct. Well, maybe. Whereas- yeah, but the pe- but the people. What I'm saying is. Todd might cross over from one to the other, but I'm saying most people have a PC in their home because they might they want to access their emails or <laughs> whatever. Mm-hmm. But they say that demographic isn't going to necessarily go out and buy a games console. It's you know they're sort of two distinct markets. And Not unless yes, a child is bringing them to it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's the, the one doesn't necessarily follow the other because a lot of people don't buy their PC to pay, play games on. That makes sense. All right, we are running low on time, so I want to go back to each one of you for final thoughts. Uh, so, uh, and basically, my question is: uh, the PC gaming, uh, where, where, what do you think the future of PC gaming is? Uh, and we'll start with Shella. Um, well, I think, like you say, the MMO um, market is going to keep PC gaming. Um, going for a very long time, I think. Okay. And the and the fact that it's always at the cutting edge of graphics, and that seems to still be um, an obsession. Yeah, I think if, for the games if, industry if, and if you have, consumers. I was saying, if you have the money and you can keep at the bleeding edge of technology, your games are going to yeah. look better on the PC than on the console. Yeah. Sure. And and we want to see where we're, console gamers want to see where we're aspiring to be <laughs> pc games are always going to show us that. that's true, that's true. <laughs> todd what, what about you are you still die hard against the pc or you think it'll still be around for a little while <laughs> i think it's going to have its niche market mm-hmm. and of course there are the there are the graphics hounds out there who want everything to look the best as possible they're also the ones who got the money mm-hmm. me personally i'll stick with the consoles okay good fair enough kelly what about you you're starting to dabble in the pc arena what what are your what are your thoughts on the overall health of gaming on the pc I think the, the 
they're they're still going to be around. They're not going to because they've got something that consoles don't. They are hugely customizable. I mean, the the it's amazing the way you can test gameplay with a PC versus a console game just baffles me. And also, too, I mean, you, you can, if you got the right graphics card, which it doesn't have to be too relative old one, you can rock a 3D monitor, like the IZ3D and stuff, and that opens up a whole new can of worms with it to where you're just, like, getting wrong <laughs> the, the graphics. I mean, it, just, it, it blows your mind when you see it. Yeah, we, we're going to do a show on, on 3D gaming if I can get you guys to get your 3D monitors working. <laughs> so I, I want to definitely do a show on that. And Shella, I'm looking at you when I say that. Yeah, <laughs> All right, Nate, what, what about you? I assume you think the PC market will be around for a while. <laughs> well, I, th- I think just speaking as a, as a you know business analyst, it's not going anywhere. We, I mean, what's bigger than World of Warcraft at this point? You know, it's finding – as Todd makes a good point about there are niches, but there are niches for consoles. There are niches for the Wii. There are niches for the 360. There are niches for PCs. You know, as long as they're bored cube farm kids, you know, 25 years old who want something to do when they're not screwing around on Facebook uh, at work, there will be room for casual games and online connections. It's not going anywhere. Right, and my, my final thoughts are I think that we're looking at this from the wrong angle. It's not if the computers are ever going to be better than the console. I think what's going to kill the console market or what's going to kill the PC market is when your Xbox 360 is able to start running Word and Office applications. <laughs> then we won't need the computers anymore. <laughs> it's already start with social networking. And don't think Microsoft isn't thinking those. <laughs> They've already started. You're going to send out the hit team because I've let the secret out of the bag. <laughs> so, All right. Well, for all of you that are listening along, let us know if you play games on the PC or you just use your PC to listen to this awesome show. Uh, you can write us at uh, ginlounge at gameindustry.com. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, whether you play on the PC or the console, we just hope that the games you're playing are good. See you next time, everyone. Thank <laughs> you.